My name is Jess Arce, and I'm America's dyslexia expert. And I'm so excited to be here today to share with you about um, dyslexic entrepreneurs. So you may not know this, or maybe you do, but dyslexics have strengths. And one of the dyslexic strengths is entrepreneurialism. And so I want to share with you about it. You may be thinking, why should I listen to Jess talk about dyslexia? How relevant could this be? Did you know that 25 to 35% of people who are CEOs are dyslexic? That's a pretty big percentage, right? That's at least one in four. And it's hard to pin down the exact number because many dyslexics are embarrassed to share that they are. And according to reports compiled by Julia, sorry, Julie Logan, a professor of entrepreneurship at the Cass Business School in London, she found that more than a third of the entrepreneurs she surveyed, 35% of them identified themselves with dyslexia. You know, for me, it's hard to realize that people are embarrassed about being dyslexic because it's my life. And so I speak very freely about it with my whole family and as do my kids. You know, it's funny, I talk about my kids and my husband being dyslexic and it dawned on me, maybe I should ask them if they're okay with it. Thank goodness they all were. So I have actually been an entrepreneur my entire life. I was 10 years old the first time I had my own little business. And it was my best friend and myself who we grew up in New York City and she lived in Soho. And if you know anything about New York City and Soho, Soho is where the factories used to be. So um, they have docks where trucks or really probably um, horse-drawn carriages would back up and load off whatever they were making. So this is where she lived and we would go hang out, out on her dock. And across the street, there was still a factory. And that factory made these little plastic books and um, different little trinkets. And so they would throw out all of their stuff that wasn't good enough to sell. And New Yorkers are dumpster divers. So we would go and dumpster dive across the street and we'd pull out all these treasures and then we set them up on her on her dock and we sold them for a quarter so that was my very first entrepreneurial experience then um, when I was in high school I one of my teachers he was a gym teacher. Well, he gave up being a gym teacher and decided to sell shirts. He sold men's button-up shirts at the street fairs or whatever they call the outdoor street, where the outdoor street vendors go. So he hired me, uh, I was, I think, 15, 
and he paid me $10 an hour. That was when minimum wage was, I think, $3.75. So he paid me really well. And that's when my hustling career began. So not that I'm a hardcore core salesperson, but I, I realized I really loved selling and it became my passion. And um, so I had that job for that summer. Maybe it was older than that. Shortly after that, I went away to college and at college, um, after college, I worked as a fashion design major or as a fashion design assistant. And then I got pregnant with my first son. And so I worked until um, I was eight months pregnant and then I stopped working and I have never had a real job since. I have been self-employed with one business or another since I was 22 years old. And I absolutely love it. I could not imagine working for the man. Um, there was a point when my husband wanted me to get a job in new home sales because I have my real estate, uh, my real estate, I can't think of the word. <laughs> I am a licensed real estate agent. And so he was suggesting that I get a job working for a new home sales company. And I went for a few interviews, but I just couldn't do it. And I told him I would rather juggle three different things to equal the same amount of money that I would make as a new salesperson than to, um, than to actually have to work a job. And I did that. I, I started my tutoring business that year. Uh, real estate just was not falling into place for me when I moved to California, even though I had been successful as a real estate agent in Las Vegas and in Texas for over 12 years. So, um, so I tutored kids during the afternoon. I homeschooled my kids in the morning. I nannied kids on vacation in the evening and I had a tea party business. So I was juggling it all. I, quickly gave up the tea party business because that was a lot of work and not a lot of money. And I love kids. So I was much happier to be teaching kids how to read, write and spell or do math and watching kids at night whose parents were going out while they were on vacation. Anyway, enough about me. Why do you think people with dyslexia thrive as entrepreneurs? Well, let me tell you, it's because we are out of the box thinkers. We don't want to do your traditional activities. We have, we, we struggle to do a lot of the traditional things. Learning in school is usually a challenge for us. So by the time we're adults, we want to do things we're more comfortable with and not being told by a boss that we aren't reaching their expectations. Because again, being out of, box, out of the box learners, we don't necessarily follow procedures correctly. As an entrepreneur, I don't answer to anyone. I 
get things done. And I put in more hours than I would if I had a regular job, but I can do it my own way. And it doesn't have to make sense to my superior. Another reason why dyslexic people are very frequently entrepreneurs is because we are of average or above average intelligence and we don't want, sorry, and we don't want to, um, to have to get minimum wage jobs because we know that we have better potential than that. However, we may not do well on tests, so we don't necessarily want to get into a career that's going to require a lot of tests. We may not read or spell well, so we don't necessarily want to have a job where we have to read or write a lot. Now, not to say entrepreneurs don't have to do that because we're all entrepreneurs here, so we know we do everything, right? However, we can check with someone else before we send the email to see how it looks. So actually, the um, the vacation um, nanny job that I had, my boss was dyslexic as well. And she told me that her she had an assistant who literally their job was to check all her emails before they went out. So she just wanted to make sure everything was spelled correctly and she didn't look incompetent. But as an entrepreneur, you can figure out ways to do that. So I want to tell you some um, statistics. Where did it go? Oh, I actually already gave you the statistic, the only statistic I had written down. I'm not a big statistic person, but I know there's a lot of you who like statistics. So I wanted to have something available. Anyway, so um, one, one of the things that I am hoping to help youngsters who are heading down the road of going to juvenile um, facilities or down the road of going to prison because the prisons are 45%, I believe, of the prisons are filled with dyslexic people. And one of the reasons for that is because they don't want to take minimum wage jobs. And so they figure, oh, let me, you know, go commit this crime and make some good money because I'm really smart and I can figure out how to work through it. Well, Obviously, the ones who get caught didn't plan out all the details to their best of their abilities or whatever. But my point is dyslexic people will very often seek jobs that do not require them to answer to a boss or authority. So that is why there are so many dyslexic entrepreneurs and CPOs. So my girlfriend sent me this book and I wanted to share it or just at least a couple of pages with you because it is Dyslexic Legends Alphabet. So it has um, one dyslexic person for every letter in the alphabet. So this one says A is for Agatha Christie. 
often called the slow one in the family. Agatha Christie struggled to read and spell as a child, but that didn't stop her from becoming the best selling novelist of all time with roughly 2 million, oh, sorry, 2 billion copies sold to date. So that's A, Agatha Christie. The next one is John F. Kennedy. So K is for John F. Kennedy. Wrestling his dyslexia, John F. Kennedy attended Harvard University, became a Pulitzer Prize winner, author, and left his mark on history as the 35th U.S. president. He inspirationally once said, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. Now, most of us as dyslexics or as entrepreneurs know that you have to try something and fail before you can succeed. And those who succeed are the ones who keep trying. If you fail and you don't try again, then you are, you've given up. So the next one I'm going to read is my all-time favorite, Richard Branson. A lot of people don't know who Richard Branson is, but he, um, he owns all of the Virgin companies. So Virgin Airlines, Virgin Records, Virgin Phone, which I don't think that one's around anymore. He now has a Virgin Hotel in Las Vegas. And that's where I chose to spend my birthday because he's a dyslexic entrepreneur that I look up to so much. R is for Richard Branson. It's hard to believe that at the age of eight, he couldn't read. And yet Branson has gone on to become a master entrepreneur, founding businesses that always break the mold. Thanks to this visionary, you may soon be able to go sightseeing in outer space. An interesting thing too is uh, Richard Branson started Virgin Sperm Bank, which is really a funny name. Um, but he was really upset that sperm banks do not accept the sperm of dyslexic people because they only see our errors. And he, who is a brilliant man, wanted people to be able to have an opportunity to have a child that has a crazy dyslexic mind that can create. They're actually, um, NASA seeks dyslexic people to head many of their programs because of our out of the box thinking. And so, being dyslexic is not just a negative. Everything in life has the, the plus and minuses, the yin and the yang. So just keep that in mind if you're worried about your child's future, that their future is just as bright as anyone else's. So thanks for watching. And again, I'm Jess Arce, America's dyslexia expert the owner and program director of Lexia Learners and CEO of I Am Not Dumb, Inc.
If this information resonated with you and you find it helpful, follow us on Lexia Learner's YouTube channel to get notifications when new videos are posted. Connect with us and others with similar challenges, either personally or in raising their child with neurodiversities on one of our two Facebook groups. And Nick's will be sharing those group links for you. And then also, I offer free consultation calls where I can create a personalized plan for you or your child struggling in school to learn how to read and succeed. Learn about the opportunities for your children to experience success through our online private tutoring and small group classes. To learn more about that, visit www.lexialearners.com and to schedule a free consultation, add forward slash consult. And a week from today is my book launch. I'm really excited about that. And I really hope that you will support me, a fellow WIN member, in my um, launch party, which is on Zoom a week from today. And we will have a link to that available as well for you. And my new book is called, I Am Not Dumb, I'm Dyslexic. So I look forward to meeting you and talking to you soon. Have a great day. Ta-ta for now.